0: Sandem, Sandem,
1: Sandem.
0: Welcome back to Sunday Groove, episode 27, back to talk about a lot more Metallica. I think I promised you all that on the last episode, and it's gonna not going to go away anytime soon because there's a lot more good Metallica to talk about. But I'm trying something new today, something that I hadn't done, is having two guests at the same time. Without further ado, I guess I could start introducing them. So I have with me two people that have been on my show Um more than once. I've got Russell Sellers uh from DC for You and uh 90 to Nothing. That's uh, me. Russell. How's it going, man? It's going well, David. Thanks for having me back. Of course, man. I can't talk Metallica, especially 90s Metallica and not have you on. It um, is my bag baby. <laughs> it is indeed. <laughs> um and Russell and I've been friends since um my freshman year of college, so long, long time. I was older and than that. Yes, yes, you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Jeremy Reynolds like,
2: old, him. but I'm old.
0: Right, right. Um, <laughs> but that laugh you hear in the background, other than my awkward laugh, is going to be Greg Phillips, who um currently is not doing a show, but you would know him from Hard Chopin Fanboys. Yeah. Actually, that's not true. He's doing a wrestling show, uh, Talking WCW,
1: right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Um, but we are only once a month doing that, and the, the HTF are still on a hard-traveling hiatus. But I am a proud part of the Lillo podcasting family, and I'm happy to be on Sunday Groove for the first time in a while. Uh, looking forward to having an on-air discussion that we've had uh, off the air before about two of uh, my favorite Metallica albums um, that kind of fly under the radar a lot these days. So it should be a fun uh, episode ahead of us.
0: Yeah, it was it was one of those things that I think two or three years ago, we talked about it. I remember we talked about it after Jericho did um, Master versus Ride the Lightning, um, and we just never did it. I never did this episode. So um, it just made sense a while back. uh, I was talking to Andy Lean who was just on the show with me, and he was just like, do your Metallica thing that you've just do a whole miniseries. And so that's why I was like, yeah, let's come back to it. So, um, yeah, so we're going to get to that in a bit. Uh, but first, as always, uh, I like to do a little Current Spins. It's going to be pretty brief uh, just to make time for the main event. But um, Current Spins, if you're new to this, is just stuff that I've been listening to currently. And same with the listener, or same with the listeners, same with the guest. So, um, Russell, what's something hmm. you've been listening to recently? Uh, not a ton of new music out there for me
2: because uh, 2020 has not been great. On many, many fronts. But uh, there is one album that came out, Run the Jewels 4, dropped. Oh, yeah. And I uh, I spent about two weeks with that album, just over and over and over again. And I can say that uh, the song Walking in the Snow is probably the anthem for me of 2020. Uh, I've also gone back and listened to uh, Mad at Gravity's Resonance again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, also tons of rage against the machine, but I'm, I'm pretty uh, pretty across the board in that one and uh, the the only thing that I can say that I have listened to like a lot uh, has actually been audiobooks and uh, this old pop Greg, I have listened to uh, both of Jim Ross's books uh, a couple times now, uh, introducing Elizabeth to it on our uh, our anniversary trip and we wound up. Uh, listening to it in the car, and uh, sitting around the the dinner table uh, in the evenings. We were like, you know, I don't really want to watch TV. I'd rather listen to JR talk. Oh, yeah! <laughs> it was good stuff.
0: Now, isn't the first one of those called Slobberknocker? Yes. Is uh, that right? We did yeah.
2: Slobberknocker and the second one, Under the Black Hat. Uh, both really great books uh the first one i think is funnier but the uh second one is uh a lot more emotional because it it deals with uh uh his latter days stuff with wwe and his uh and of course the the death of his wife jan so that's um that's some pretty
0: heavy moments in the book i still think it's gonna be to the it's gonna be a different vibe than the murdering puppies wasn't that in the first one
2: that mm. was in the first book <laughs> and <laughs> and when we got to that part Elizabeth's reaction <laughs> was pretty priceless
0: <laughs> yeah I remember either Nick or Greg talking about that in the, one of our chats it was both terrifying and humorous at the same time mostly yeah. terrifying
2: it, um, it is a oh my god no this is not happening <laughs> and, then, and then yes yes it is and I was
0: like well I did it <laughs> <laughs> so greg what have you been listening to lately
1: uh so i've been uh i, I finally got into the pandora thing and setting up uh, stations on pandora so but one of the things that i've kind of been I, I kind of been going through a country vibe lately and so i've been listening to a lot of uh waylon jennings and a lot of uh uh chris stapleton actually i've been listening oh, to a ton yeah. of chris stapleton um and uh, in- including a group that he had before he made it big as a solo act called the Steel Drivers, that are more of a bluegrass kind of band, but they, they got kind of a kind of a-, a spooky kind of vibe to their music, and uh, so I've been listening to them. I've been listening to uh, Chris Stapleton, Jamie Johnson, who uh, has always been on my rotation. Um, so that's primarily been a lot of my, my playlist, and then going back and, and listening to uh, some Matchbox 20, which I was listening to uh, last month as well. Um, so that's kind of been where my head's been at lately, and of course Metallica. I mean, I had, even before we talked about doing this episode, I had been listening to Load and Reload, oddly Mm -hmm. enough, so, um, appropriately enough, so those have been my current spins. I took a long trip to Florida recently and had a chance to listen to a bunch of music on that trip, Uh, also, of course, threw in my, uh, uh, British Invasion playlist on there, which was a lot of, uh, Beatles, Stones, etc., so, um. Pretty all over the place, but but yeah, I think country has kind of been my my vibe lately. Nice. Uh, which
0: Matchbox Twenty album did
1: you listen to? Neither album. I just did the Matchbox Twenty radio. Uh, oh, okay. Not, so and it kind of cycled between you know the hits and also some deep cuts off of the first two or three albums. So
0: nice. Well, my um, listens kind of go back to well, one of them goes back to last month uh, or couple weeks ago when i recorded with andy uh, a band he loves uh and i'd listened to a little bit but not a lot until recently and that's the great affairs and he turned me on to a song called livia and that's a song that's just come out uh, promoting their new album that comes out in october but it got me to go back to their album from i'm not sure how many years ago um but it was a song called hands off the will and that's just a cool cool riff and vibe and just um they kind of I don't know how to describe them to people that haven't heard them. Like, they give me a classic rock feel, but, like, they're not, like, one of those retro rock bands that's just trying to sound like they're in the 80s or 70s or whatever. Like, they just write music that kind of maybe evokes those kind of feels without seeming like they're trying too hard. You know, like, some retro rock bands, I don't mean just be ugly, but, like, Jet or something like that, you know, was just trying to sound just like the 70s, and that's all they were doing. Um so, or it's 80s, I guess, but uh, current, uh, the current uh, Great Affair stuff just has a really cool sound to it. So if you like singer-songwriter stuff, if you like um, older rock, check it out for sure. Um, the other song that really I listened to a ton lately was a song by Seether called Sell My Soul, and that was off their 2017 album uh, called Poison the Parish. Um, as I've mentioned before I listen to a lot of my music while I play video games and when you're going through murdering a lot of people on Assassin's Creed, nothing fits the tone better than rock music. So um I would listen to the kind of some new rock music and then I, sometimes I'd just go just dive back into old albums. Dude, um, I am so glad you mentioned video games, uh,
2: working really well with music, like with certain albums because that is a lot of my love for uh, for Load, actually, mm-hmm. and it's one in particular video game. I'll get to it whenever we get to the episode, but I'm just so glad that you uh, you mentioned that because that's that's really what got Load to stick with me was being like God. It was 1995. I don't remember how old I was at the time, but um, <laughs> it's been so long ago. Uh, but I would just I would sit there. Turn the music or turn the volume down on the the game because you couldn't really turn music off, I guess. But then crank up the the load album and just go. And I was like, man, this is such a perfect soundtrack.
0: Right. <laughs> oh yeah, um, it's been made easier in recent years with Spotify being able to mix it in. Just turn the music on the video game off. Keep the dialogue and sound effects so you don't get murdered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, have people somebody sneak up on you because that did happen before I did that properly because uh, <laughs> there's man, all kinds that, of...
2: Man, that stuff was happening back in 95, too. Certain video games, right. is like, you better be able to hear what's going on or you're going to die.
0: <laughs> right. Um, I know uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, they have a lot of, um, like, just... Nobody sees you do it, but, like, you immediately start getting a bounty. Like, you steal something, that's it's just like, oh, I'm going to send somebody after you. So, like, you need that sound effect for when the person's about to kill you. Um, so, yeah, so no, mixing that in works really well but sell my soul actually wasn't a rocker it was a more mellow see their song and i loved it because it kind of had clean guitars and orchestration throughout it but um it, it just seemed like it was all mixed really really well mm. um so that was i don't want to call it a fun one because i mean just the title says enough uh but it's it's just a good song um i, I like that they've kind of finally grown beyond their original thing that was just either overly depressing or just angry, simple songs. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of... Oh, sorry, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to do one more. Uh, really catchy song, uh, Reasons I Drink by Alanis Morissette has been mm. uh, stuck in my head a lot just because it's got a really bouncy piano feel to it and just gets stuck in my head a lot. Good stuff. Um. So, um. I guess... Uh. Let's see. Uh, I didn't know how hard it was going to be. Like, I knew it was always going to be hard to do this episode because I adore both these albums, Load and Reload. So before we actually get into picking our songs, um, uh, I will go through and ask you guys, um, like, what order you discovered these two in and kind of what your initial thoughts were on it uh, without diving too much into specific songs. Mm-hmm. Like, So, Russell, uh, uh, did you discover Load and Reload in the correct order and um, – like, when they came out? Uh, yeah, definitely.
2: Because uh, around circa 95, uh, me and my uh, high school best friend were, like, big into Metallica. Uh, we had loved, uh, you know, the stuff from the 80s. Of course, we loved the Black Album, which we actually came to later, because I think that album came out when in 91, so I was, I wasn't, I was like nine years old when that album came out, so I wasn't into, like, heavy into Metallica uh, at the time. But the love for that album was there uh, by the time '95 rolled around, and they had announced, you know, ah, Metallica's got a new album coming out. they uh, called Load. So we, like, the day it came out, we were like, man, we got to go get this, and uh, bought it on cassette tape. Didn't <laughs> didn't have a CD player back then. Uh, so can cr- relate. <laughs> yeah, cranked that sucker up in the old uh, Walkman uh mm-hmm. if uh, folks remember mm-hmm. those uh oh yeah and wore that tape out buddy uh load was in constant rotation uh constantly being rewound and played again uh well played flip it over play the other side yeah convenient uh convenient little way of doing things uh but man the it made an impression immediately because this was this is where our musical taste was going it was very different from uh from the Metallica albums of the 80s of course but it was uh it was in line with that evolution that they started on the black album and uh pushed into uh some really new territory like new and interesting territories uh for my musical taste at the time and uh it just made a a deep and lasting impression in that here were these guys who had done all this like really hard and heavy like fast thrash metal and now they were uh no, I don't want to say like really slowing things down so much as they were just learning how to be songwriters and storytellers which was something that uh they didn't do qu- well, they didn't do quite in the same way whenever they were playing thrash like thrash was uh really about like who's the fastest and the best musician and load was like who can write the best song and tell the best story while doing it. Uh, And it also represented to me uh, the beginning of James Hetfield's uh, rise to the absolute peak of his vocal ability. Um, Mm -hmm. Like load is where that, to me is where that journey like really starts. uh, And it would continue on from a period of about 95 to I'd say probably about uh, 9899 uh, mm-hmm. is when like James Hetfield is at his uh, lyrical and vocal best
1: agreed
2: for sure so those that that's my impression of the uh, of the album reload was uh, a different somewhat different story like I remember it coming out loving that album um, mostly because it it just starts off so strong, mm-hmm. um, like it's it's got like four songs right back to back. That's like, oh my God, this is like, every one of these are worthy of being a single. Uh, uh, and it also has one of my uh, my absolute favorite uh, metallic songs ever, uh, just for how uh, offbeat and different it is for them. And that's uh, a song called Low Man's Lyric. Oh yeah mm-hmm. which I think is uh, as I said James Hetfield uh, really getting into his storytelling best uh, he he knew how to craft something that felt real and felt uh, like deep and uh, like very just heartbreaking stuff uh, in a song that sounds at times like an Irish drinking song so right uh, yep. it's. It's really, like, it sounds like a song that's about somebody, you know, dealing with addiction, and it, it is, but it, it sounds more like drug addiction rather than alcohol, but I also think that this was the first time that James Hetfield was really uh, laying plain what he himself was uh, going through, but using uh, the metaphor of a, uh, a homeless drug addict as his, uh, as his method of choice to deliver that message to listeners, and mm-hmm. it's... It's one that sticks with you long after the song is over, uh, and you almost think that man, that would have made a great album closer. Uh, but it's still not how I would have closed out the album. Uh, but that's that's my impression of uh, of load and reload. Uh, but uh, between the two, load is the one that I always come back to and think as I'm listening to it. I don't want to skip any of this. It's it's just so freaking good.
1: Yeah. So my my experience was vastly different from Russell's and how I discovered the album because I didn't really listen to Metallica until, gosh, uh, it would have been probably I think when I now when I was in elementary school I would hear kids talking about Metallica and so I remember the hype for when Load was about to come out in ninety five ninety six and uh, the kids at school talking about there's a new Metallica album coming out and um, and at the time, I didn't really think much much of it uh, because you know I I probably heard Inner Sandman uh, and and maybe Sad but True but but I I can't remember the when I really started getting into Metallica intro into them was when I was in uh, middle school and high school moved to Alabama and uh, some of my friends there were huge fans of Metallica and uh, but really it was after school that i got into them because of trl believe it or not so uh i believe on the very first episode of trl uh total request live for those of you who may be too young to remember but the uh, but the uh the video for fuel was on trl and i remember watching that video and i said holy shit this, uh, pardon my language holy crap this is this is the this is the band this is metallica the the band that, that i've heard so much about and uh, I was like, this is different than I expected it to sound. This is not uh, just noise like I had imagined in my head based <laughs> on the, the public perception or whatever. I went, like, this is a great song, and uh, and it's rocking. I was starting to get into more aggressive music anyway. Uh, and so from Fuel, of course, there was the video for Memory Remains, which uh, which was great. And then uh, Unforgiven 2, which I love, was probably my favorite song that year. And... Um, So uh, then from there, I never actually heard the whole album Reload until college, I think. Maybe the end of high school or beginning of college. Somebody at some point gave me, and it might have been Russell actually, that gave me a burnt copy of Reload, and I wore that thing out listening to it. And so Reload I listened to first, then I got a hold of Load after that, and Loved that and played that through the rotation. But it's interesting that TRL, uh, probably the most unlikely of sources for a Metallica fan, but they really were sort of my gateway into Metallica. And then um, uh, a friend had, uh, we had in computer class, somebody had uploaded Garage Inc. into the uh, computer uh, music library. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was able to listen to Garage Inc. in class, uh, in computer class, and um, that really cemented my love of Metallica. And so... Um, then I went back and listened to the older stuff and, and, and everything in between. But that was that was always kind of my, my – and for many years, many, many years, I preferred Reload to Load because it was sort of my first. And it was uh, – and I still think there are aspects of Reload that might be a little bit better. But um, in recent – in probably the last year or so, I finally reached a point where I think I prefer Load for the reason that Russell mentioned that Load pretty consistently from beginning to end – uh, there's just not any skippable tracks. Whereas even And with Reload, I don't skip many tracks either, but I will acknowledge that on Reload, there's a little bit of sameness between some of the songs in the middle. Um, whereas on Load, I feel like there's a better variety of, of tunes across the board, uh, even though they're both great albums. So yeah, I love them both. Um, and by the way, we probably have to talk about the fact that these are two... Of the most maybe the two most controversial albums in metallica's catalog because uh you can say saint anger but i think most people are in agreement that saint anger is not good um and then you know I'm, for some reason death magnetic is somewhat divisive i think but it's i you know i, I don't really acknowledge that yeah. Yeah, but that's, I, I, that's, strange. <laughs> that's strange when people yeah. say something like that um uh, mm-hmm
2: because it's a return to thrash. And... It's a return is
1: exactly what people had been c- criticizing Metallica for not doing and they did it and and I thought it was great. But but that being said, these are two very controversial albums in Metallica's catalog, but they're so. two of my favorites because I think these two albums are essential to Metallica's case for being an all-time great band, not just an all-time great heavy band, but an all-time great band because if it would have been easy to just do master of puppets or injustice for all over and over and over and over again and we would just be getting master of puppets four by this point or whatever it would be easy to do that or a um, black
0: album they could have redone because yeah. they had such major success with it absolutely could just stuck with that formula
1: black album two black album three and and that's fine and you can be a, you can be a great genre band doing that you can end up being and this is no, not. This is a great. They're a great band. They're, they're phenomenal success as musicians. But you turn in, you could be ac AC/DC. ACDC is a great hard rock band, but you two children not,
2: can be disturbed,
1: right? But you're not going to put ACDC or Disturbed in the same catalog as the Beatles or the Stones or Zeppelin or uh, or um, you know insert great band here. Um, Pearl Jam even, uh, because I think the best bands, the best, the, the, the best overall artists like to change and evolve and try things. You know, and just speaking
2: on that, you know what it is. And I, I think I said this today when he told me he was doing the Black Album, uh, review with Andy is that Metallica was just ahead of the curve. They weren't (laughs) monsters. They, they just figured out what everybody else (laughs) was going to come to later, uh, that this is the sound that was going to define uh, what heavy rock music was near as we got closer to the turn of the century. And it was. Right. Uh, they just birthed post-grunge before anybody had a name for it. Uh, and oh, absolutely. All right, Load and Reload were just the continued evolution of that. Uh, and it's, it's a great point that you're bringing up, Greg, that they they read they were trying to read the tea leaves because they didn't want to do master of puppets or worse yet and justice for all which i'm just going to contend is an incredibly forgettable album uh, <laughs> and that it's got one song really that sticks out beyond that eh, take it or leave does anybody talk about it no it's it's just not it's not what it needed to be and they knew that they tried to do a thrash album without uh without cliff and it didn't really gel it didn't work uh the the issue here is that they didn't want to fade away uh and that's exactly what would have happened if they had just done you know and justice for all again or if even if they had tried to go back and do master of puppets again that sound was going to fade out people were going to get tired of it because that's just what happens in music and metallica were like you know what we're not just a one-trick pony we can do other things we can evolve as musicians and as songwriters and get outside of our comfort zone and see if we can be uh, as good at doing these things as we were at doing thrash metal. Uh, and for my money, I think they succeeded. I think that they oh, came absolutely. up with with exactly what they needed to do. Um, and yeah, it was controversial, and I think they probably knew that going into it, because if you've... If you've ever been around metal fans at all, you know that one of the things that they just do not do is deal with change. Uh, so, <laughs> That's exactly right. So Metallica changing their sound was was going to piss off the the metal fan base. They knew that going in because they're smart businessmen. Uh, and if they weren't smart businessmen, they wouldn't still be one of the highest selling and richest bands in the world. So.
1: Not just it. changing, not just changing their sound, but the other controversy was changing their look. Because as oh, we God, know, as we know, metal fans are averse to change in any form, and so it was like they cut their hair, man. They're selling out. Yeah, yeah, and uh <laughs> And it, so for me, I, it was a, it was a, these albums represented t- trying new things, trying changing with the times, and doing things that I mean, Godsmack owes their career to these two albums, in <laughs> yes. my opinion. Yes, they, they do. do. So, <laughs>
2: And every Alice in Chains album that they tried to rip off.
1: <laughs> right. So uh, the, this is this is a, a, a band trying new things, and even on the same album, having on both R- Load and Reload, you will find Metallica trying genres and styles they've never tried before. And and we'll get into that on our track lists because uh, I have a couple of interesting picks on mine. But uh, but yes. Um, Overall, David, that's a long answer to a short question, but those are those are my uh, my thoughts on load and reload. I, I think these are these are two of my favorites, still on road trips to listen to. Um, I, I love them both. Uh, with, with with I have a lot of respect for these two these two records and what they represented for a band taking chances and getting outside of their comfort zone.
0: Oh, for sure, and I think it also speaks for the right producer for the right time because. Um, uh, one thing that I talked about I know, on the last episode was um, Bob Rock being introduced for Black Album and kind of talking his way into being a producer, not just an uh, engineer. And he challenged them. So it was like, the, it was kind of like having five members at that point. I mean, four that were more important than the other, but still, like his influence definitely was felt. Um, as he said, I know that he needed or he wanted them to learn new things and just write songs a little differently because he's like i know y'all are an amazing live band but i don't think y'all have ever fully captured everything y'all can do in the studio so um now one thing i want to cycle cycle no circle back to real quick russell uh were radio stations in your area were they playing much of like load or reload like is that kind of how you knew when this stuff was coming out or were you keeping up with the magazines or how did you even know because i i didn't know load came out. I didn't even know when reload came out until after it. Uh, my best friend uh, in
2: uh, in middle school at the time, uh, he was really keeping up with when this stuff was coming out, because he was getting like a lot of the, the metal magazines uh, okay. as they were coming out, so we knew about it that way. But yeah, uh, actually uh, the rock radio stations that we could pick up, because we were... Uh, in a real dead zone for Mm -hmm. anything good. But, uh, we were also like pretty close to the Florida line. So on a good day, on a good clear night or a good clear day, you could get, uh, uh, the rock stations out of Pensacola or Panama city. That's right. Okay. Uh, and they kept Metallica in pretty heavy rotation. So when, uh, when load was coming out, uh, they would drop in, uh, a couple singles from it uh, I think that's uh, where I first heard uh, King nothing which I thought was a, a great like uh, banger of a song and then uh, in 97 whenever uh, we had better ac- like just a couple of years later we were having better access to things that stuff was a little more uh, readily available we were we were seeing uh, the memory remains being in pretty heavy rotation uh, through uh, MTV and through uh, the rock radio stations, I mean, they played the the absolute hell out of that song, and uh, uh, we were—I'll be honest—we were a little weirded out by parts of the Memory Remains <laughs> when we first heard it. Um, we were like, "This is not the Metallica that we know. It sounds a little strange, but they're trying something new. Let's give the album a chance." And you know, it, it turned out fine. But yeah, that's that's how we would hear about things. I like being lucky enough to hear it through whatever radio station we could pick up or, uh, my buddy was somehow lot more plugged into, to what was going on. But we also had the convenience of guitar world and other rock magazines, just being on the shelves in grocery stores at the time. So, uh, if we were, you know, a pretty captive audience to riding with our parents to the grocery <laughs> store after school or right. something, uh, you're like, well, I don't really feel like walking around this store. So I'm just going to go over here to the magazine, rack, See what's up. Uh, they took my comics away, but at least they left me, uh, all my rock magazines. And that's how I started getting more into music instead.
0: <laughs> okay. That makes sense. I, I don't think I discovered, uh, the music magazines till high school. So I, uh, that's how I missed out. I suppose I, um, I know I previously mentioned on the uh, last episode that I heard Reload first, and I did. I went to a Braves game with my dad, uh, his boss, and I think his boss's grandson or, or nephew or whatever. No, it would have been grandson. And so I remember we were on the riding there, and he uh, was, uh, actually we played the whole album. I guess we shared um, earbuds or whatever, like one each. And it was, I was blown away. And like as soon as i mean that's all i cared about the game i was just like i don't care about the game i just want to get back in the car and listen to the album because i literally was so blown away by it and so excited because i didn't know they had a new album and i'd fallen in love with the black album by then and so yeah i remember immediately getting back from uh, atlanta and as soon as we could uh getting that album because i told my brother about it and I think he had a cd player already so i think that's how i listened to it with him a lot uh to begin with but yeah we my brother and i both uh you know both love the black album we somehow missed out all the way until reload and so i spent tons of time with reload um back in high school and i heard load late in high school but only on brief occasions and because it was not as aggressive as a lot of the moments on Reload, I originally didn't even like it a whole lot. Like, I loved a few songs on it, but it just didn't grab me enough to go purchase it back when albums were, you know, 15 to 20 bucks um, if you couldn't find them at Walmart. And uh, so, yeah, like, Reload was definitely my intro in for the after Black Album thing. But uh, Load, it took until probably college for me to actually have a copy of load and really only in the last 10 or so years to really start falling in love with load. Um, Like there were definitely some tracks on there such as King nothing or something like that, that grabbed me because that's what I wanted was aggressive songs, uh, you know, straight, straight rockers at that point. Um, But uh, so, yeah, it's it's cool that uh, we kind of all discovered it a little differently and not exactly, well, Russell did right at the time, but um, the, even though – because, like, my my friends, like, until high school, we didn't talk about music a lot. Like, other than my friend who introduced me to Queen and the Eagles, like, back in fourth grade, my, my friends weren't as into music, or if they were into music, they were into country, and I was already growing tired of that. So, um, yeah, it just – uh, it just took me a little while to get there. but So yeah, so that's uh, our intro to those albums. And I think those are, as y'all have already discussed, they were, they're controversial albums. And I think it's ridiculous um, that they're so controversial because, I mean, the people that get hung up on the image, that's just idiotic to be worried about how they look. I, I don't care at all how ridiculous certain musicians look. If they write a good song, who cares? Um, I think it was... And, uh... I remember something really
2: stupid from that time when Metallica had cut their hair, and uh, I think it was it was on an, uh, an MTV Unplugged special. I think it was the Allison Chains one. Where our bass player was wearing a shirt that said, uh, friends don't let friends cut each other's hair. Uh, <laughs> and that was, that was in direct reference to Metallica oh, cutting theirs relief. off. And I was like, you know, uh, I, I want to just look at that dude and be like, you realize your lead singer has shorter hair than anyone in metallica right right like right. Lane, lane staley has like almost no hair going on up top uh but that's uh, that's the the weirdest thing for people to get hung up on is oh my god you cut your hair i'm like who, who cares <laughs> like, right they gotta shave their heads for all i care just so long as they're like making good music who gives a shit right
0: but, I mean, it's not like they're um a boy band or something like that that yeah, right. somebody's like looking at just for i mean obviously there are people that are like oh hey they're you know they're attractive or whatever but like yeah, that's not it's, what people go to metallica for i mean well, yeah there's groups but outside of them that's not is, what people go to metal yeah. for
2: yeah exactly it is uh, about selling an image too but i think that this was also metallica metallica being ahead of the curve again where they're like you know that big hair 80s metal like thrash or the whole like, '80s hair metal look that even the the thrash bands were using. Uh, I mean, you could. It was hard to tell the difference between those guys and Bon Jovi uh, at the time. Uh, you know, there might have been a little more uh, makeup and uh, whatnot used over on the Bon Jovi side. I don't know, but the 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 point <laughs> being that. Uh, They, again, realized that these looks were about to go out. People weren't going to keep doing this. Grunge was kind of a thing at the time. But even the grunge guys weren't, like, keeping their hair huge. They were, like, wearing it long and stringy. Or, uh, as the years were going by, cutting it shorter and shorter. So, Mm -hmm. Metallica was like, we would rather stay relevant to what's going on right now and push ourselves as musicians rather than just say make the same album over and over and over again Uh, because as I as we've all pointed out that's how you fade into the background and people don't remember you Mm -hmm. I mean disturbed is in danger of doing that they've been making the same album since friggin year 2000 Mm -hmm. so do you remember that
0: album of theirs from like 2010 or 11 I think it was Asylum had that really cool classic rock intro yeah um, and I was so excited and then the next one's you know, just the generic you know, yeah, disturb yeah. song and I was just like, No for a second there you gave me hope. Yeah, I thought there was gonna be epic guitar solos and, <laughing> you know, a return to no, metal, but no.
2: It's the same guitar it's the same solo. Thing. It's the same guitar right. solo every time. Like they they found a pocket that they fit into and they stayed there. It's the same thing Godsmack did. That like they found a pocket and they stayed in it. Yeah. And and that's why I say that, you know, you give it another 10 to 15 years, I mean, people already don't really talk about either of these bands so much anymore. You give it another 10 to 15 years, nobody's going to even remember who they are. Right. That's that's the danger of doing the same thing over and over again. Nobody's going to remember who you are. But here we are all these years later when Metallica was debuting in like 1984. We're still talking about them. They're still... Mm as
0: relevant as ever, like S&M 2 is mm-hmm. about to drop, I'm excited as I can possibly be about it. Um, right, I'm, I'm like that's the most excited I've been for an album yeah. other than maybe uh, Walk the Sky by Alter Bridge, like yeah. this is
2: the most
0: amped I've been
2: like, Metallica drops an album and they may cause controversy, but you know what that means? People are talking about it it might be right. controversial, but they're on everybody's minds and on everybody's lips, that's not something you can say about many metal bands that have been around since the 1980s right so they've outlasted everyone uh that's if that ain't a a rock and roll hall of fame career i don't know what is
0: oh for sure um yeah their their longevity and just ability to create new stuff over the years has been amazing to me and will always be amazing to me um but i know what we're going to do next uh i guess i probably haven't properly outlined it on this episode we're going to basically choose tracks from each album to create one super album. And um, doing so was very painful for me uh, because I didn't want to eliminate tracks because I love them all. Um, So we'll do that in just a moment. But real quick, I want to take a quick break, and we'll get right back to the perfect reload or load or what would be a good title for it? Um, Fully Loaded. Fully Loaded. Okay, I'll go with it. A Fully Loaded album. So, don't go anywhere. Welcome back to Sunday Groove Part 2, the second half. I don't guess y'all probably went anywhere. And I don't think we have any ads that play in the middle. Just um, had a quick break for us. Um, so we just announced that we're going to pick the best tracks or our favorite tracks from uh, the two albums and uh, call it Fully Loaded. Um, so I guess the best way to do this, uh, they did a, a better job of actually putting them in the order they that would flow better. I changed my list up until the moment we started this episode, so I didn't put them in any proper order. I just finally wheedled it down, or that's not even a word, but I <laughs> narrowed it down to... Um, <laughs> to the list, so I guess what would make sense is we take turns giving one track at a time, and at that point, when that person says that song, the other people will let us know if they included it as well. Does that sound good? Sure, works for me. Okay, um, so Russell, what's the first track that you included on this?
2: Going back to what I said about uh, playing songs to video games, uh, mm-hmm. this was a a really tough decision of how do you open this album, so mm. you've got two just absolutely great album openers between Load and Reload, and I know that most people would probably think, you know what, Fuel is a really great opener, that and it is. It It's really solid, it's really awesome, but for me, there ain't nothing in this world that got my blood pumping whenever I would pop in uh, Ultimate Doom into my PS1, Fire that sucker up with a little "Ain't My Bitch," like <laughs> kicking off and yep. me me roaming through those corridors, picking off imps and possessed soldiers, like just one by one. And I mean, the opening lyric "Out of My Way, Out of My Day." That's <laughs> yep. There, there it is. "Ain't My Bitch" is a just killer opening track. Uh, just from that that opening riff, it gets your attention immediately, and it does not let up. This song has uh, just go 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 from from the very beginning of this album. That's that's what I want from a Metallica opener. I mean, Fuel does that too, but I don't know. Just the the overall feel of of Ain't My Bitch, and just the uh, the personal connection that I uh, I have for that song. It was a tough choice, but. Uh, I had to go with with my gut on that one, and that, this track just just kicks from beginning to end. It's, uh, it's one that gets in my head and doesn't go away. So uh, yeah, Ain't My Bitch kicks off fully loaded for me.
1: Uh, absolutely on my list. This is one of those could-not-miss songs. Uh, so i I've waffled between... I think these are two incredible openers, uh, Fuel and Ain't My Bitch. I ultimately went... Uh, a different direction with the opener, but I do have ain't my bitch in my number two spot here. Uh, okay. The reason being uh, that with fuel, which is also fuel is my opener. I'll just go ahead and say that fuel is my opener, but uh, opening the album with James, just James's voice with that. Give me fuel. Give me fire. I, w- I kind of wanted that. And then I think it flows really nicely into that aggressive. Ain't my bitch. I think I like is in fact, I know I like ain't my bitch better than fuel as a song i wish they played it live a lot more than they do uh but uh, but what a great song Russell's exactly right one of the one of just an aggressive puts you in a mood to 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 be aggressive to, to <laughs> if you want to work out if you want to if you want to play a video game whatever you want to do you're just uh it, it's just one of those songs that fires you up and, and it never relents as he pointed out i think it's it's probably one of my favorite Metallica songs, to be honest with you. I'd probably put it in my top 15 or so favorite Metallica songs, maybe 20. Uh, it's 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 really, really good. It's really fun. Um, never lets up. And, uh, yeah, easy choice for my list. Man, that's...
2: And I said to you guys before, I think we started recording, that I had a, a controversial moment of leaving out a major song from Reload, and uh, Fuel is not on my list. Uh, it's not on mine either. Because I thought that... Whenever I, I actually played them side by side just to see if I could make a flow work for me, but it always just felt it felt weird like going either from Fuel to Aint My Bitch or from Aint My Bitch right. to Fuel. I just couldn't make the two work together. And whenever I would listen to Fuel, I was like, this this song just belongs at the beginning of an album. You you either put it there or you don't put it on at all. Um, mm-hmm. And that that was where my my headspace wound up. So uh, unfortunately uh, for Fuel, which is a still a really great. Uh, album opener song it just
0: uh it didn't make my final cut yeah it couldn't make my cut i i think also it plays into the fact that i've heard that song so much overly so that it just um couldn't make my cut uh because there were so many tracks on this as i dig more into it that i would rather listen to again than fuel love fuel but um shockingly i didn't put ain't my bitch on my list i love the
1: song that's shocking i know how much you like the song
0: well, uh, I, I do love the song, but I think one of my favorite things is uh the way he says bitch, the bitch. Yeah. Uh, that's always gotten me, so I'm already regretting leaving it off, but as of what's on my paper, um, it's not on my list. But because two out of three you got it, it's gonna be on our uh fully loaded list. Oh. So um so no um fuel, but ain't my bitch. Um Great kick off so once again. Yeah, uh, and so like I said, I didn't put mine in order like they did, but I'm going to play around on my list a little bit to try to come up with uh, what would be a good second choice or a second song on the album. Let's see, what do I want to reveal? Um, I kind of want to just keep it the way it was on uh, Reloaded. Let's go with Memory Remains. Uh, I love that song. I, I never get tired of it.
2: Yep, that's on uh, my list as well. That is my number two from "Ain't My Bitch" into "Memory Remains."
0: Yeah, it flows so well. I think it uh, has to stay at track two. I think that was a perfect decision on "Reloaded." Uh, I agree. And- uh, it just
2: it's it is such a perfect second song. I, I don't know that there's a way to really categorize that specifically, but uh, but man, it, it was. It was a good single, and I guess in my mind, I would rather the single, like your first single from an album, be maybe your second or third track, uh, so that you're giving the people at the beginning a little bit of a surprise, maybe something they haven't necessarily heard on the radio, but then you hit them with something they may be a little more comfortable with. Uh, Mm -mm. And uh, I think I I mentioned it before that Memory Remains uh, is... Yeah, it's got that little weird singing part in it that uh, <laughs> that people might not have, you know, been quite ready for at the time. But it grows on you and it gets stuck in your head, uh, and it's, it becomes it goes from funny to haunting, which is something I never thought mm-hmm. a song could do, and uh, it. It even talks about what I think we mentioned before about Metallica being afraid of fading into the background. That's what The Memory Remains is about. About uh, <clears throat> It's framed as an old Hollywood star who's like, seen their heyday come to an end and or is watching the, uh, the end of their career and trying desperately to hold on to whatever's left. But uh, that's, to me, what... Uh, really resonates about that song uh on top of some of their uh just best hook work like the the hook from memory remains will really get in your head and just stick with you so
0: that's easy number two
1: pick great so, sing-along chorus too yes
0: yes it's fun to sing along to that um i love doing the da 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 da, da. I, 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 I would do that all the time back before i even had uh, ventured into actual singing very much that was just such a fun thing to do but yeah it's such a it's a fun aggressive song but it's also got that haunting and sometimes funny um extra vocal in there um so it always resonated with me so I, there was no no doubt that was going to end up on my list and and it really
1: if you go and listen to him Ain't My Bitch flows really nicely into the Memory Remains if you play them back to back yep uh it's really a natural transition also last thing I'll say about Memory Remains um every time i hear the song i either think of one of two things i think about the organ grinder with the monkey in the video if you guys remember the creepy <laughs> video for that song yes i don't or, think i
0: ever saw the video oh you, know, it, you it gotta watch it after thoughts. this show david yeah <laughs> uh, i will or
1: or i think about the snm performance with james adding in a fade away yeah part, <laughs> that's kind of how i sing it every time now anyway so anyway memory remains great choice easy choice nice uh,
0: Okay, so that made our list. So uh, we've got two tracks on our official fully loaded album. Um, so Russell, what's the next track you want to add to it? Uh, for me, it's a, uh, maybe a controversial
2: pick. I don't know. But uh, I, I did kind of a, a head-to-head matchup for a little while on this, but then I just kind of said screw that and started adding songs as I liked them. But my, mm-hmm. my next one was like a duel between House That Jack Built and Devil's Dance uh and ultimately for me it's the house that Jag built. Uh the the reason behind that is because uh this has just a killer vocal performance from head to head. Yeah. It yeah. it starts off with him like very clean and building and building until it just hits. He has got like all the power behind his vocal when just from the intro to like to the the full first verse in flight. Uh, on top of that, I think this might be the first time that we ever hear Kirk Hammett use a talk box to I was do about to his say, guitar that's solo. The
0: standout thing and for sure.
2: A, man, uh, Hetfield gives me chills with his vocal performance. Kirk Hammett brings a whole new layer to his guitar work uh, in this album that was unlike mm-hmm. anything I'd ever heard Metallica do. Uh, nothing really against "Devil's Dance" because it's got a sick groove and uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really well-paced song. Uh, and it builds up to this uh very sudden ending that I'm I'm kinda back and forth on. Like some days I I really love how it just he goes, ha ha stops. It's over. Uh Sam Neela could do that impression a lot better than I could. But uh, <laughs> the the ending still like, I I kind of like waffle back and forth with it. Good strong riff, not anything like that you haven't ever heard before from Kirk on the uh the guitar work in uh and Devil's Dance, but it's still good, like, solid dirty bass groove that's really nice. But man, House that Jack built kind of encompasses everything that Load is about. It's got the soaring, like that build up to a a nice soaring verse and bridge. uh, And a chorus that is meant to, like, punch you in the chest. Uh, That's that's what makes it stand out to me, and uh, I, I find myself just singing House That Jack Built uh, over and over throughout the day. It's one of my absolute top songs from Load, so uh, it it would easily take my
1: uh, third track spot.
0: Do you second that one, Greg, or is, did that uh, it, one make your list?
1: I love this song. It did not make my list, but that was one of my hardest choices to cut out because everything Russell said— Everything Russell said was true because James's vocal performance in this song is one of his best. It's so—I uh, think Russell covered it, but it's so it, go, it goes all over the map in the best possible way. It's smooth, it's dirty, it's and when it and, and when when it gets aggressive at the end, it sounds like he's really burying his soul for us. Like he's—it's he, one of those powerful vocal crescendos that the song reaches. Uh, Kirk experimenting with the with the talk box and playing around with the wah pedals, which he does throughout Load and Reload to create sort of a different sound for him. Um, uh, really, really great song. I just barely missed my list, uh, but I, I had no issues with it at all. Uh, I love it.
0: Oh, it's a great track. It was one that I cut not too long ago. I I hated to cut it. It was um, and since Russell talked about a little bit Devil's Dance, I I adore that song. But I, due to overplaying on the radio and stuff, that one, uh, well, and just everywhere, it was just uh, that one didn't make my list either. So, yeah, say,
1: same uh, here. Interesting note about Devil's Dance. It's one of the few songs that Jason Newstead got songwriting credit for. Right. Um, he really, you know, I think the other one would have been um, off of a... Uh, Uh, off of the Black Album, which would have been, uh, what was it? Um, My Friend of Misery, I think, Mm -hmm. got a writing credit for that one. And you can tell with the bass line and Devil's Dance, it stands out. Another good live song for them, too, by the way. Remember, they played this at the first S&M concert Mm -hmm. uh, and do a great job with it. So great stuff there.
0: Okay, so um, since Greg didn't have either one of those on his list, uh, what's your uh, third track uh, recommendation, Greg?
1: My third... Uh, track recommendation for our combined album would actually be the yes. fourth the fourth track on my personal playlist, which is my favorite Metallica song, "The Outlaw Torn." Oh. Now, um, before we get into the sharedness, I want I want to point out why we put it number four on my on my album. Uh, so I have three songs that I I put in the same category of kind of epics, and I wanted to space them out on my track list. So that's why I went "Outlaw Torn" first because it's the best. Uh, but it's my, it's my favorite Metallica song, and um, while I grant that the live performances of it are better than the studio cut, the studio cut is still really freaking awesome. So this, this has been one of my favorite songs in general since uh, I heard it on S&M, the first time I ever heard that uh, album and this song. I love it. I think it represents everything that, that you guys were talking about earlier about James evolving as a songwriter uh james exploring his uh sort of his songs from a more personal aspect and um and it also covers the gamut if it's really an epic it's almost a it's got that sort of stairway to heaven thing where it comes it goes all over the place it's slow it builds it has a crescendo multiple crescendos in fact it has incredible vocal performance from hetfield Incredible guitar work for Kamet. It's very subtle, and from Hetfield, by the way, on this song, uh, Ulrich is perfect in this song, keeping the beat going, driving it. Um, I, it's I just I cannot say enough good things about this song. I think it's it's the ultimate representation of Metallica's evolution uh, with these two albums.
0: You said it, Bubba. Oh, yeah. That, that had to be on my list. That made both um, of your lists? It did. Yes,
1: uh, I, I, will I had it as the
0: album closer.
1: That makes a lot of sense. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah.
0: You know, I had liked that song back when I heard it on S&M, but I didn't fall in love with it until years later. And But probably the last ten years or so, I've listened to that song a lot and uh, listened recently – where I can appreciate both versions, the load and the uh, S&M version. So, yeah, that had to make my list. So so that's all three of us on that one. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I, I didn't tell the listeners that uh, originally we were going to pair up track one versus track one and vice versa. And I think that's Russell said that's how he started his. And I, I was originally going to do that, but I knew that a lot of my songs could never make it on the list that I preferred. So that's why I kind of toyed with it just to what I... what songs would make my list of just favorite from the two. Um, So I don't know flow-wise how this goes next. Uh, um, I'm just going to do one that I I love that had to make my list, and that's going to be Carpe Diem Baby. Um, I love that song. It's a great rocker. I I, uh, love kind of the, oh, yeah, suck it. Yeah. Um, that, uh, as, as a <laughs> that high schooler, a, yeah. that was always just such an interesting part to the song. That, I don't know, it's just always been a, a great rocker and something that I can't imagine not having on one of these albums or a perfect combination album. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a lot to say about it because <clears throat> uh, I, I can't think of tons of the details or the second outside of that, but it's just one that I've always adored. Yeah,
1: it's mine. It, it actually made it snuck into mine too. It was one of my last additions to my to my list when I was I had my my must haves, and this is this act this song uh, falls towards the bottom of my playlist, uh, or not at the bottom, but co- sort of one of those songs, sort of uh, fourth from the bottom of my playlist. Okay, uh, but I'll just say it did it did. Uh, I'll reveal the full running order of mine at the end, but yeah, that did. Uh, Carpe Diem Baby made my list because it's just a fun song. Um, I like the sort of uh, playing around with the left and the right channel. At oh the beginning. yeah. And then, um, and then, uh, just, just a fun song. There's nothing really too much. It's not a deep song. It's not one of their best songs or anything like that, but it's just a fun song that, that I wanted to include on here to sort of break up the rhythm of, of how I had created my playlist.
0: Well, and also for me, that was one of the tracks I listened to over and over again on the bus, on the uh, ride to school. Cause I rode the bus until, uh, I got my license and, uh, So I, I guess until, um, late, late sophomore year where I was still riding the bus, so this album kind of saved me as far as, uh, from getting too mad at idiots on the bus. I would just zone into this album, and this was one of the songs that for some reason stuck out to me more than some of the others. Uh, did it make your list, Russell? It did not. Uh. Carpe
2: Diem Baby was uh, one of the ones as I was going back through uh, my full re-listen of both albums, uh, much like a lot of the middle of Reload, it uh, it sags a bit for me. Uh, it's not to say that I think that Carpe Diem Baby is a bad song. It's not. It's, as you guys pointed out, it's got a nice little rocking thing going on to it, uh, and in the hands of... If it were any other band that put a song out like this, I'd probably be like, "Hey, this you know, it's pretty good, not bad." Uh, but but uh, <laughs> I like that voice there. <laughs> it's, it's, my, it's a little bit of my Joe Pesci there. It's not, it's not bad. You okay? Yeah. A little bit of our friend, a little bit of our friend Andrew Garner thrown in there too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, but it's the eh, it's all right. Uh, it's it's just not uh, in comparison to the other really great tunes that i was putting into this <laughs> into this list uh of fort of uh, 14 songs i just couldn't find room for it amongst the other like uh like real bangers and just like uh soaring singles uh on the rest of the list so nah carpe diem baby just didn't really do much for me i found myself kind of zoning out on it uh At several points, uh, much like I did through a lot of the middle of Reload. Thankfully, it it comes back at the end uh, and uh, really starts to pick back up. But Carpe Diem didn't make my list, but since it made uh, two out of three,
1: uh, that sounds like it's headed uh, for our overall Uh master list.
0: Yes, it's uh, uh, the fourth one that's made all. Let let me make an
1: ominous comment. Russell mentioned the end of Reload, picking things up could be a precursor of things to come on my list, but we'll get to mm. that later.
2: Aha. Mm.
1: Foreshadow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right, since Carpe Diem mentioned it, Russell didn't have it, so it's Russell's turn. Uh, what's your next one?
2: Uh, the next on my list would actually have been in my uh, number four spot, uh, and that is one of the absolute easiest picks for a single I think Metallica has ever had, and that is The Unforgiven 2.
1: Oh, yes. I am uh, I don't even need to... That, that shouldn't even be a discussion. If this song... if I, David... <laughs> tell me this song didn't miss your list.
0: It's alright. No, no, it's definitely there. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I think yeah. that would have been the song that would have got me kicked off if it had not yeah, been... Yeah, would have kicked oh, you
1: off your own podcast.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> You know this. This was one of the hardest things because this was initially at this point I was still uh, as I'm writing out my notes about these two albums. I'm still doing like head-to-head matchups, and I had to put this one up against "Until It Sleeps," and I was just banging my head on my desk like I can't do this. Uh, I was like, I cannot cut either of these songs, and when David uh, came back later and said, "Well, you don't have to do a head-to-head. You can just like pick 14 tracks and." you know, like pick the best of each album, I was like, my mind has been opened. I don't have to do this. I don't have to cut <laughs> either of these songs. Thank goodness. Um, yeah. uh, but Unforgiven too, as I said, easy pick for a lead-off single for, uh, or not even a re- lead-off single, but the vocal performance is yes. haunting in this. And man, unlike the original Forgiven, this one goes into like a big hard rock sound this is an arena rocker uh, and i mean that in all the best possible ways uh, it's as to me it has that big sound chorus and it's as good as anything that on the black album so this that that was a a, a must have on any any combination of load and reload you have to put that song in there uh, and I, I I can understand that some Metallica fans and even some just like music fans would probably be like it's weird to do a a sequel to a song, uh, mm-hmm. but if we're being honest, bands do it all the time. They just don't give it the same name, right? Uh, or they're not so blatant about it. Uh, Metallica has done this now, uh, what, four, three times. Three yeah, three times uh, at least, and. Uh, I like every single one of them. I, I mm-hmm. think that the Unforgiven uh, series is a, a, a really great one for Metallica. That first song, that first one in the lineup is great. But, man, Unforgiven 2 uh, is such a, a clever vocal play to how he works in Are You Unforgiven 2. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Like the, just a... Just a brilliant little piece of lyric writing there on James Hetfield's part. And man, what a vocal performance this song gives you. So uh, easy, easy single
1: pick. Uh, Unforgiven 2
2: is my next pick for the list.
1: Nice. Everything about this song is great. The vocals, the blue guitar work from Kirk Hammett, which differentiates it from the first one, um, and, and Hetfield as well. I'm not sure who's playing which parts in the song. But they, it's a very bluesy vibe. There's a little bit yeah. of slide guitar thrown in. There's a little bit of um, maybe even some pedal steel at one point thrown in. And uh, just a great, great track. The bass, the, the, the chorus, everything. Uh, it's easy to sing along with, but the vocals are, are tremendous. The lyric, the lyrical content here is so dark and, and moody and spiritual successor to the first song, uh, exploring a different side of things. Um, Almost a hopeless song here uh, again, and so uh, really great track. One of my favorites in the entire Metallica pantheon. I'm going to
2: blaspheme a little bit. Uh, I prefer this one to the original Unforgiven. I do too. I do too. Uh,
1: I think it's probably the best of the series. I agree. It's my favorite of the three, and I like all three.
0: I'm not sure where uh, I think I like this one better, but I'm I'm not sure. Okay, so that was Russell's pick. So what? Uh, obviously, that, it made my obviously it my made list. our master list. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, I've always adored that song, uh, especially because the vocal performance. Um, so, Greg, what's what's your next?
1: So this song would have been fifth on my personal playlist. Unforgiven two would have followed this one, uh, and this song is another for me another easy choice. One of their biggest singles from those two albums, King Nothing.
0: Yep. Right.
1: Yes, oh, yeah. sir yeah i mean just uh russell described it perfectly earlier it's a banger from beginning to end um it, it hits you it's an anthem on the level of inner sandman uh in terms of that sort of like um, it, it's catchy you want to sing along with it fun to sing along with and yet it's hard and and fast and 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 it just hits you it hits you where it counts and uh it's it's I love it. I I don't have too much more to say about it, just that it's a terrific track, Um, one of their better singles off the two albums, and uh, again, I think it's one that they still play it occasionally to this day, and it's no secret why, because it's one that I think even people that were critical of these two albums, everybody loves King Nothing.
2: You want to talk about big riffs? Big riffs, King Nothing has them like begin, mm-hmm. beginning to end uh that's that's some of uh to me it's some of hetfield's best guitar work uh on the entire album is is that uh that hook riff for it mm-hmm. and, I, mm-hmm. and i actually have in my notes as i was writing about uh my thoughts on king nothing is that it is the spiritual successor the spiritual sequel to enter sandman yes uh, it uh it has a lot of the same things going on but it it builds on them and makes them into something new and uh, I also pointed out that this is another music video that I absolutely loved. I loved watching yeah. Metallica just like thrash it up in the snow, and uh, having uh, Hetfield actually on like a big throne at one point. My God, the the imagery of that video just really sticks with you. Uh, another easy pick for my list too. I have it actually at my
0: uh, my number six spot in my uh, my overall list. Yeah, it's one of the songs off of Load that hit with me first. It was. One that I remember driving to a lot, probably driving way too fast, mm. um, and just really digging it. If For whatever reason, that was the first one that <clears throat> really I gravitated towards off of it. So, yeah, it, it was no question that one was going to have to make my list.
1: All right, looks like we've got so, another one added to the master list.
0: Yes. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... Hmm. What sounds good next? I'm going to go ahead and throw up one that I'm pretty sure is not going to make the list, <clears throat> but it's one that makes the list for me, and that is Prince Charming. Um it is one that I have <laughs> always loved. It is uh, one of my favorite things and y'all talked about it a little bit or, or Russell did about the, him kind of inhabiting in a space and telling a story that might not necessarily be his own um this is one i just kind of <clears throat> feel he inhabits kind of evil for the song um and i don't know it's got an ominous vibe to it and um of course it's got the long term joke that greg and i have always done What well, i always done but probably 10 years now oh the yeah. uh, uh that we'll do in a second but i don't know chris <laughs> charming is just it's it's so ominous. It's it's just one I had to have. Uh I, I can't think of any perfect words so for it. Um a fun riff too. It didn't
1: make my list. It almost did because of our end joke, but uh it's right. got a fun little uh, kind of even those sort of forgettable songs in the middle of reload uh have these uh really nice licks to them, you know, like uh like this one's got the do 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 Yeah.
0: So uh yeah. Oh, and I haven't mentioned it anywhere on these episodes, so I'm going to go ahead and throw this in here. Um, Metallica, I think, has some of the best um, sounding drum, uh, drum takes like on their studio albums, especially in the 90s, but also on even their live albums. Like They mic the drums so perfectly. Uh, I've always just thought that was the thing that mm-hmm. stood out to me with them, and I just wanted to say it now. But the end joke, for anybody that... Mike here and uh is uh, you ready, Greg? Parents.
1: Parents,
0: right. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna meet
1: me. You're gonna meet me. You're gonna meet me me gonna meet me. Meet, me. <laughs> you're gonna meet <laughs> me. So you're gonna meet me. You're gonna meet me, the fuckers.
0: That's right. You're gonna meet
1: me, you're gonna meet me, you're gonna meet me. You're gonna meet me. you gonna meet me. Yeah. And then it gets into the that
0: verse where it's like he wants to be called Fokker now. Yes. Yeah, remember we, we had riffed on the Gonna Meet Me for a long, long time, and both Garner and uh, Russell were not nearly as amused as we were. Um, <laughs> we were not but, there
2: for the birth of the joke, so we were just no. like, what okay, the hell I get, I get is happening?
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like long later when uh, I came back with the He Wants to Be Called Fokker now cause, oh, uh, versus funny. the He Wants to Be Called Father now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just a fun for us. We, we attached it to Meet the Parents, which I love as a movie, so... That also adds some of the reason it had to make my list, I'm sure. So, Uh, um, that did not make either of y'all's list, right? It did not. Okay. But I will give
2: it this, though. Uh, When I I listened to it this time, and I said, you know what? Uh, This has a fun little opening uh, punk-infused riff and uh, a catchy enough chorus, but ultimately to me it feels like it just it's just here to fill time it didn't have anything really new to say compared to even the rest of the album so uh it, it didn't really
1: get anywhere uh with me past that opening riff there are three Sad songs emoji. there are three songs that i like that i like all three songs but to me they kind of they float they're kind of hard to separate in my mind because they're kind of similar thematically and otherwise and it's this one bad seed and um attitude so I like all three of those songs, but it's hard for me to separate them and so they didn't end up making my making my list. Agreed. So I think that's it's going to be Russell's turn next, yes. right? Ah, yeah.
2: So all right. Uh next one for me was a song that slotted into my number 5 spot and it was the song that I mentioned a minute ago when I talked about Unforgiven 2 and that is Until It Sleeps. Uh which yeah. is um uh, man, you want to talk about a a change of pace for Metallica. That opening, that '70s psychedelic groove that Until It Sleeps has, uh, it maybe slips a little too much into repeated patterns there for a second, but it it doesn't really feel drawn that drawn out to me uh, because it really builds back to a bridge that is just awesome, <laughs> you know. Uh, and it uh, it also has like a huge Huge roaring finish that I absolutely mm-hmm. love the build up to. It's like this we're building to this giant crescendo with uh, with this song and Man, this one this one really sticks with me because it also feels like lyrically it's incredibly personal to James, uh, where he's dealing with a lot of his own inner demons, and this is uh, this is one of the first times on Load. I think this may be the first track on Load where he's really letting that be laid bare. Like he's like, okay, we've hooked you in with the the big hard rockers, but now it's time to get a little serious for a minute and let me tell you about the uh, the absolute hell that i go through on a daily basis and i think that until it sleeps was the uh the first uh real foray into uh into that uh great just interesting as hell guitar work has a has an almost like beachy vibe to it at times which is something that you would never thought that you'd say about a metallica song uh mm-hmm. but this one, this was always one of my absolute favorite songs uh, from Lode and from Metallica in general. So I, I got to give it to uh, Until It Sleeps.
1: It, lyrically, it's a cry for help in a lot of ways. That, that great moment at the end where it's like, I don't want it, want it, want it, no. Which is fun to sing along with. But uh, it's such a powerful song in that regard. So it made my list as well. It's, it slots in at number 12, I think, on my playlist. But it's, it's on my list as well.
0: It sadly didn't make my list, but it was literally, I think it was the last song I cut um, before we recorded. It was, uh, I was putting it up against a couple other tracks. I can't remember exactly what it was that notched it off, but um, because of my love of a few other songs, I had to cut it. So it still makes the official list, so that actually means seven so far i have made two out of three or more. Um, yeah, it's, oh my god, I'm regretting not having it on there, but it's, I'm not going to change it. Um, I'm going to stick to my list since I've spent a ridiculous amount of time on this. So, uh, yeah, great song. Uh, Greg, what's, what's your next one?
1: Well, the next one on my list that hasn't been talked about yet is getting into one of the things I love the most about Load and Reload, but particularly Load. Metallica doing something totally different, totally different sound than anything they'd ever done before, and this is a song called Poor Twisted Me uh has one of my favorite absolute favorite intros of any song in metallica and and uh, uh, an intro that i just can't i can't ever get that that sound out of my head that it's like this great riff and it it sounds like it sounds like something you might hear out of a uh a molly hatchet song or a leonard Skinner song or something but it's it's just this sort of uh, southern rock kind of vibe to it, um, bluesy. The song itself is uh, is great. It's, it, it's so hard to classify the song because it's kind of weird. It's got the, the the chorus is weird, the the bridge is weird, but it's so good. It's such a great bluesy track, uh, unlike anything that they had done in their careers to this point. James gets to play around with his with his voice a little bit in this song. Uh, uh, the 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 great ending to this song pull twisted me <laughs> um it's it, i i love this track i've always i've always liked this track in recent years i love this track so this this one was easy for me this is one that bounced back and forth on my
2: list and ultimately didn't make my final cut but everything that you were talking about there was absolutely right on uh, The the blues riffing. This sounds like a southern blues rock band playing in a bar while their lead singer is completely trashed and basically trying to bare his soul while totally uh, wasted. And uh, is one of the biggest cry for help songs, I think, that is uh, on either of the two albums. So, uh, man, powerful song and just barely missed... uh, making my my overall list if i were to redo it now i I might but uh but i'm going to stick with i'm going to stick to my guns and say that it did not make my master list but man uh it is it is a really great track
1: and that and that slide guitar from yeah real good
2: real different for them uh you're you're right on like this was them experimenting with all sorts of new things and most of it really works
0: yeah it was one when i had probably 18 tracks on my album uh, it was still there it was one i had to cut um but it was it's definitely one i adore and it's not going to be one that i'm going to stop listening to anytime soon because i can listen to these albums all the way through and have probably since we talked about this and even before i was listening to these albums off and on but when we made the plans for this i've been listening to this pretty much non-stop mm. uh, so who knows how many times I've gone through those albums as a whole, but yeah, it was, it was on there, but it had to be removed. So sadly, poor twisted me won't make the official cut, but very good song. And I love how different it was. The bluesy, the kind of almost, I don't really know how to describe it, but yeah, it just has a, well, almost said country, but no, that's more so on some other tracks, but I love it. It, um, it basically, I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, I'll go ahead and give away my next track. Um, because of how playful it is, I bumped it for Ronnie, because I love Ronnie. Oh, Ronnie. Um, get all Ronnie. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, so Ronnie, for some of the same reasons, I don't know, it's just something so unique and brave. Very different song for them, yeah, I guess. Yes, I, I, don't, I, I don't think anybody would have ever expected to hear a song like Ronnie or Poor Twisted Me on anything Metallica did. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they did it... Um, Shows courage and just shows Creativity and I just I I love it. Uh, So Ronnie Ronnie's my next pick.
1: All the boys in school Called him Ronnie Ronnie Brown
2: Uh, Ronnie has One of the absolute best opening riffs On load Uh, Phenomenal storytelling uh, And I'll uh, What I compare it to is uh, This is Metallica's Janie's Got a Gun Uh, This this is A their take on doing something uh, with a similar theme and similar, like, flow. Um, it does, it never became a single or anything, but it is one that is certainly a fan favorite. Uh, it's, it is it is a song definitely about a, a school shooting, a fictional school <laughs> shooting, but a school shooting nonetheless is what this song is really about. And it's... Uh, it's a good thing the song came out in 1995 and not in 1999. Otherwise, it probably would be right. a little bit more controversial. Uh, but the uh, it is it is a risky song, and it is one that uh, really sticks with you. I love the riffing and the the, uh, the vocal changes that uh, that James plays around with. Uh, so, yeah, Ronnie made
1: my list, too. Uh,
0: oh, yes! Uh, Ronnie is on really my afraid... list at 12. Excellent. I was really afraid this one wouldn't make it. Um
1: Uh, This is a good point to also bring up another thing I love about these albums, Uh, and we saw a little bit on the Black Album as well. The layering of Hetfield's vocals to create a a sort of a harmony effect works particularly
0: well on this song. Did this one make yours? No, No, it it did not. It did make mine, but it made Russell's. Okay, so two out of three. Um, All right, Russell, what's your next one?
2: Oh, this this is the one I've been i was hoping i would get to add this song to the list and i i god i'm crossing my fingers that at least one of you agrees with me on this at number seven on my list i have the absolute for me the best song on load that is hero of the day
1: yep uh, it's mine. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. this one is a banger of a single it's so different like it's I'll tell you what it has in common with uh, one of my, with actually my all-time uh, favorite song from the Smashing Pumpkins called "Salma." It builds a very quiet mm-hmm. structure as it comes up, and then has a sonic punch that takes over the song. And "Hero of the Day" does the same thing, but allows you to see the build coming a little bit more. Like you, you feel that build up coming. Like they're going somewhere with this. This is about to really just explode. And then, man, it has got one. Like face meltingly brutal bridge that I just I absolutely love it. Just the the way that uh, uh, Lars is sitting back there just banging it out on the uh, on the drums like he's like his fury has been slowly building up to this, and he just lets it all go. Uh, and talk about a solo for the ages from Kirk Hammett. One that it plays around with his speed metal uh, past but shows that he also knows how to put a hook riff inside his own guitar solos. And that, that shows evolution. That is good songwriting. Uh, great lyric, great lyrics and a soaring vocal performance from Hetfield that is second to none on the rest of the album for me. So, uh, yeah, hero of the day, big, big inclusion on my list. Uh, no list for me, no list here would be complete without it. And, uh, I gotta give it big props for the uh, the s and m version of that song too
1: which is uh, mm-hmm. uh is just damn fine so yeah hero of the day big big selection for me one of the easiest selections for me I have nothing to add great song
0: uh easy pick it almost didn't make my list I love the song it obviously did make my list, but it almost didn't because I was trying to put a mixture of songs that I love of it was all songs I love but of the faster paced with some of the slower stuff and I don't have quite the connection to it that a lot of you guys do I remember always noticing that that hero of the day was always one of y'all's favorites I, I do like it a lot but it was just one that I don't have quite the level of connection that y'all do but yeah it, in in the end it had to make it when I was going back through today or maybe the other day it was very recent I was like what am I thinking I cannot keep that off the album it has to be there there you go good
1: stuff <laughs> excellent Three for three. Um,
0: yes. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're nine tracks deep now, so that means we've only got five left that are going to make it. Um, uh-huh. But uh, let's see. Uh, Greg, what's, what's your next track you want to add in?
1: My next track, which we haven't talked about, comes in at my one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight slot here, and it follows the same song I believe that it follows on the real album. And this is a song called Wasting My Hate. woo Oh, yeah. And we talked about this in in our private chat together. I think this is the song that ages the best on Load for me because this is a song that in my early days listening to Load, I I would skip over sometimes. And now I want to go back in time and and slap myself in the face for many reasons, but one of the reasons (laughs) is that I would skip Wasting My Hate. And uh, this is just one of the most aggressive songs from this era of Metallica it's one that, as far as I'm concerned, this should be in their regular live playlist. They should be playing this, uh, maybe not every show, because I don't like to mix up their playlists, but they should be playing this far more often than once or twice a year. Great song. Um, that, the riffs, the, 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 the vocals, the, the lyrics. I mean, what, what, just think about what a cold lyric that is. I, I don't want waste, to waste my breath. Don't waste waste your breath and I won't waste my hate on you. I think I'll keep <laughs> it all for myself.
2: I mean, that's, that's, that is cold. Uh everything you said, man. Wasting my hate also just one of my absolute favorite Metallica riffs ever. Uh just gets it's another one that got stuck in my head so much that I sat down with my guitar and I wouldn't stop until I had like figured it all out. Uh, and it's uh just just one of my uh one of the best songs on load, easy. Uh uh great
1: everything that you said about it. And so
2: yeah, Wasting yeah. My Hate definitely made my list. It was at my number 10 spot.
1: We haven't talked about him a lot, but a great Lars song, too.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I also love the um the beginning they kind of have a eerie vocal effect on James's vocals mm-hmm. that I I love that too. Um so it's just a yeah, it's a, it's one of those I I didn't uh, originally love, but at, over time it was definitely one that you know I realized the brilliance of it so it's definitely on my list so it makes gets three votes for sure um so hmm, that in let's see what if we okay huh. i'm going to go ahead and go with it I, don't, I I know we've talked about it but we didn't put it on this portion of it yet is low man's lyric i want to put that on there same um, it's a great track it, um Definitely not need to be the lead of the album. That would be a very weird choice. Uh, so um, that's why I put it towards the end. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Low Man's Lyric has always, even, let me say, one of the reasons some of these songs didn't connect with me as much on Load the first go-round, because young me just wanted aggressive songs when I came to Metallica. So I would overlook certain things. But Low Man's Lyric was not one I overlooked, and I don't know why, other than that it's a great song. Um, I mean, and it's... I'll go back to it. It's a brave song. The way they use what is it? Is that um, uh, harpsichord or is that uh, I, forget instru- I forget the uh, instrument. Uh, but but I forget the instrument. But it's
1: it's got a it's got a name. It's not it's not one of those two. But it's got a okay. name that I can't remember. But I, I think it's I only a, know that uh, a mellotron. Yeah, okay. I think that's what it was. Because I, I only know that because I, I watched a performance of them playing this live on MTV. Some that I found on YouTube. I didn't see it at the time, obviously, I found it on YouTube a couple of years ago. Really good. Y'all should check that out if you haven't. But um yeah this did not this barely missed my list but uh i love this i love the only reason this missed my list because i had i felt i had too many slower songs on my Mm -hmm. list already but this is such a great song so i'm glad both of you put it on and and
2: what'd you call it a mellotron is that what you said i believe it's a mellotron that they're using i thought that was a transformer but i guess <laughs> instrument
0: as well. It is um, also that.
2: Uh, it's a it's a big part of the Smashing Pumpkins' Siamese Dream* album, so uh, that's it. Sticks out in my head as uh, as an instrument that a lot of bands from that era were using. Uh, I, I yeah, didn't realize uh,
0: that.
1: Also, the, the uh, instrument in uh, *Strawberry Fields Forever*. Yes.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just I. I it's kind of got the Irish jig, kind of a mm-hmm. almost call it a pirate song, <laughs> um, but it's still got such depth to it that I yeah I adore it. I remember uh goofing off with this one with uh sam one time and it was a lot of fun uh he he learned it on uh guitar and um i banged on something uh (laughs) for the drum beat i think i think it was a cabin trip or something but whatever uh great song so didn't make gregs but it made russell's so it's gonna make the official um Anything you want to add to it other than Mellotron? Uh, no, nope. uh, uh, I said my piece okay. about it in the first okay. half. Yeah, uh,
2: good song, and uh, yeah, we just need to move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's next for you, Russell? All right, next one said uh, is another slower song, but one that is near and dear to my heart, and that is Mama Said.
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> I can't believe it. That was my controversial song that I talked about in our chat. I, 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 I This was an easy choice for me. I, I love this song so much. Go ahead, uh, Russell. This is as close to country
2: music as I think Metallica has ever gotten. And, yep, and somehow, they're really good at it. Uh, yep. It is it's another one of those songs that starts off like quiet and is a man bearing his soul. Uh, but this time, it's not about addiction. It's about uh, literally... Uh, him talking about his mother, like James is talking about his mom on this song, Mm -hmm. and um, and about all the, how he, you know, kind of wishes his life had been a little bit different, wishes he had done things differently, and, uh, well, I guess while she was alive, but it's, man, it's one of the most personal songs I've ever heard James do, and it sounds so different from everything that Metallica has ever done, but man, it still builds to one hell of a roaring finish. So, uh, this is one that just that hits home. like it, it just really gets like, to the heart of the matter. So uh, Mama said, "Easy, pick for me uh, when it comes to, uh, to my master list. It comes in at number 11 for me uh, and is just a, a, a beautiful a beautiful
0: song. Yeah, it's, um also it doesn't have steel guitar on there. Um, and acoustic guitar, which is something yeah.
2: that they just, even on even during this era, they weren't really doing. Acoustic guitars is not something I right. associate with Metallica, but Mom said brings it out, and it sounds so good to the point where, guys, why do we still not have Metallica unplugged?
0: Why is that still not? I thing? know. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, it. the best we get is when we hear the footage from the Bridge School Benefits. Yeah. Because they always do acoustic uh, songs that way. That's how I found out that um uh, at this point i'm like stop waiting for mtv to do it and just do it right yeah Mm -hmm. um so uh what do you have next greg
1: well i just wanted to take a second about mama said Uh, i this this song made me want a james hetfield country uh uh, record because Mm -hmm. it's so good it's so personal it's a heartbreaking tune steel guitar great just a great great country song it really is it's a great country song By Metallica. So, uh, made the master list, obviously, since it was on both mine and Russell's. Was it on your list too, David? It's
0: mine, yeah. Oh, Oh,
1: awesome. My three for three. So, the next, I only have two songs left to mention that have not been mentioned yet. And the first one is sort of uh, spiritually aligned with Outlaw Torn. And it fell in the middle of my playlist that I put together. This is a track that uh, (laughs) may may very well be my second favorite Metallica. Certainly in that top five, top six area for me. Bleeding Me. Um, yes sir yep. uh, Yes sir Amazing song and and I'm not going to get into What I originally thought the song was about That's not the podcast for that <laughs> discussion We but, found that eh? out on
0: the road trip Coming back from Huntsville uh, Greg, Russell and I And Greg, uh, Russell and I busted out laughing And, yeah. and I, I can't hear Greg, that
2: song being about anything else But that
0: Right, No. no, I think about that way too much It's just hilarious But anyway Yeah we, <laughs> That was a great road trip discovery.
1: Yeah, and, and if you're <laughs> curious about that, shoot me a tweet at gphillips8652, and I will explain the story to you. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, bleeding me is a, one of those. I put it in that category of the epic song, the stairway to heaven, the the your your long Hotel California, your long journey song, musical journey song, and that's what this is is a musical journey. Um, uh, blues, very blues infused, blues rock infused. Uh, heavy metal, a little bit hard rock infused, uh, but but it is my this is this era of Metallica at its best to me. Like this is something they never would have done even a few years before this, and I just I adore this song. I always have great version on S and M, obviously, which uh, puts the studio track somewhat to shame. But the studio track is amazing as well. So uh, yeah, this was. Another one of those easy locks for me, right after Outlaw Torn. Um, Great, great, great song.
2: Uh, Easy, easy pick for my list. Everything you said, right on. And uh, the only thing I got to add is that uh, Kirk Hammett does some really cool little guitar fills uh, throughout this song that really add some uh, real depth to it. So... uh, Easy pick, bleeding me, awesome, awesome track uh that this list wouldn't be complete without, so uh
0: yep, made my list too, oh yeah, if, if for me, it would not have made my list if not for the s and m version, like that got me to go back and uh, appreciate the album cut, and I, I I adore it now, the album cut as well, but originally it was uh s and m and I was just like, oh my, this is a great song, so um so I guess that gets me to say uh what could be potentially the track 14 of our perfect album. Mm -hmm. And that is going to be one of my favorites, always has been one that I love to, let's go back to video games for a second, I love to put on while I played Goldeneye. And that is Fixer.
2: Yeah! yeah. Congratulations, we just finished this album because Fixer (laughs) made my list too.
0: Yeah, I didn't imagine it couldn't have made all of our lists. This is a song that even though it's very long, it is... And it's bizarre and about voodoo and just um, I, I'm shocked I was allowed to listen to it. Like I, with my mom would walk down the hall, I want to say I would turn the volume down just a little bit. Um, but I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God, this song is so good um, and so ominous and so dark and heavy and just um, the building up and uh, kind of mellowing out a little bit at times. Uh, it's just it's amazing. It's um, uh, yeah, it's an it's- epic song had to make the list that was one from the get-go that um obviously i didn't have to consider whether it would make it or not
2: yeah this is uh this is an example of reload bringing it back at the end um, Yep. like low man's lyric comes back and says oh wait metallica's not quite done with you yet and then uh you can skip attitude but you can go straight to fixer and it is like wow great closer excellent choice uh one that i also just love listening to i thought it was such a good way to cap off uh reload it's a a a great ending song in its own right uh though on my master list outlaw torn is still like the best ending song uh for this era but still fixer man good good track excellent selection and uh, glad to hear that it made all three of our lists
1: Oh yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I wasn't confident this would make everybody else's list, but it was an easy choice for me. It's that third song that I've been talking about: "Outlaw Torn," "Bleeding Me," and "Fixer." Um, these epic songs. This was actually my album closer on my playlist. Mm-hmm, uh, al- although "Outlaw Torn" is my 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 favorite of the songs, "Fixer" is just such a great way to sort of conclude this musical journey that you've been on. And, um, you know, that, that, that lyric of, jab a, you know, jab another pin, jab another pin in me, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's kind of, the, the lyrics can be ponderous at times, but when you realize there's, it's sort of working on a lot of different levels, uh, mm-hmm. personally and otherwise, that uh, this song just, it works. And that intro, oh, like, yes. oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that intro.
2: Great stuff, man. Uh, this is one that you just, you just got to go listen to it. It's just a great... Uh, epic, epic song, uh, Metallica in Full Flight. So that's, that, yeah, man, I, I wouldn't even argue against putting that at, uh, at the final track
0: and closing out the album with it. That's a, that is a, a good placement for it. Sweet. Um, so that's 14 songs that made ours. Um, so that's, I, and it's funny, um, a lot of them came in at three, like three votes for several of them, such mm-hmm. as Memory Remains, Outlaw Torn, Unforgiven 2, King Nothing, Here of the Day, Wasting My Hate, Mama Said, Bleeding Me, and Fixer all got uh, three wow. votes. There you go. wow. So we're so very we were aligned. Page. Yeah, we're very we were. aligned.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, very, very rarely did we uh, not pick uh, the same song for all three of us. Yeah. Right. It,
1: it, pretty incredible.
0: <laughs> yeah, The, the I, I knew – Um, that my last remaining track would not make the final cut of everybody else, but I still loved it for my angry songs, uh, and that's Attitude, but Mm. I definitely understood why it didn't make y'all's list. It was just one that I always gravitated to because of the fast and aggressive nature. (laughs) Um, But this is a really good list. I'm going to put this together now and try it out, Um, although I do do want y'all to share with me. y'all's yeah. Uh, album
2: yeah I, uh, album i'm i have been so curious long. about this part like telling us what our uh, what your individual lists are so uh let, let's do this i'm i'm excited okay. to hear how am excited to hear it uh, who goes first
0: uh we'll go with russell
2: oh yeah all right i get to kick this off okay uh, 14 tracks uh, which i uh called unloaded uh, okay this is at 1 ain't my bitch Okay. Uh second track, the memory remains. At three, the house that Jack built. At four, the unforgiven two. At five, until it sleeps. Six, King Nothing. Seven, Hero of the Day. At eight, Bleeding Me. Nine, Low Man's Lyric. At ten, wasting my hate. Eleven, Mama Said. Twelve, Ronnie. Thirteen, fixer, and a cap it off at fourteen with The Outlaw Torn.
1: Excellent. That's a hell of a list right there.
0: So you had House that Jack built on yours. So I, I did. did. Greg, did you have House that Jack built? No, no. Okay, I, I was confused. I, for some reason I thought that was Greg's. I thought I would messed up the list somehow. Okay, so what's yours, uh, Greg? So for mine, I have Leading Things Off, Fuel, followed mm-hmm. by Ain't My
1: Bitch, followed by The Memory Remains, The Outlaw Torn, King Nothing, The Unforgiven Two, Poor twisted me, wasting my hate, bleeding me, hero of the day, carpe diem baby, until it sleeps, mama said, and fixer.
2: Good, good, good stuff.
0: Oh yeah, Uh, good mix. Um, I was very happy uh, that carpe diem uh, made it. Uh, I didn't think it would. so awesome stuff. I, yeah, I didn't put mine in proper order, so I'm not going to even bother to say mine. Uh, but the I guess – did I just go down the official – what our list was? Like, no, we got to – yeah, we need to reveal that, the fully loaded okay. uh, playlist uh, fully, here. Loaded. fully loaded. Um, approved by all three of us. Ain't My Bitch. Memory Remains. Outlaw Torn. KDM Baby. Unforgiven 2. King Nothing. Until It Sleeps. Ronnie. sorry i couldn't resist hero of the day wasting my hate low man's lyric mama said bleeding me and fixer
1: i'll take that any day oh yeah
0: tremendous uh
2: collection and should totally be uh, a mix in everyone's playlist
1: Absolutely. Oh yeah, and Metallica. Play- if you want to put this together and release it as a as a separate project, you know our we'll, we'll give you our addresses if you want to send us the royalty checks.
0: <laughs> for sure. Um, well, um, all right. So we mentioned at the top just a brief thing. We're on a new network uh, called the Lilo Podcast Network. That's where you'll find uh, this show. You'll find DC for You, which Russell and Todd do together. Um, I have changed. Uh, I actually uh, created a Instagram account finally. Uh, so it is sundaygroove.lillo um, and actually changed my uh, Twitter handle, which is sunday underscore groove underscore. Um, I don't understand why there's so many sunday groove uh, type things on Twitter, but that's, that's how you reach me. Um, uh, do you have anything you want to share that you're working on, Russell? Uh, well, just uh, stay tuned to the
2: uh, Lil Low Podcast Network, because we've got a lot of stuff coming up very, very soon. Uh, 90 to Nothing will be returning on September 1st, as Sam and I kick off our uh, brand new season, which uh, we have dubbed the Reboot. And speaking of which, you can also catch dc for u coming to you very, very soon. We're going to be kicking off a, uh, a new season of sorts. We're not calling it Season 2. We're calling it the Rebirth. dc for u Rebirth will be coming at you uh, in the the very near future, Todd and I have been hard at work on it. There are a lot of other podcasts that are in the works as well, so stay tuned to all of that. Make sure you follow uh, all of us on Twitter and uh, also follow the, the Lil Low Podcast Network over on Twitter. I will grab you that handle in just a second because I don't remember it right off the top of my head. We're still very new. And let's see. Follow us at, at Lil Low podcast that's easy uh at l-i-l-l-o podcasts that's where you can find us That's the uh the network site and uh as we go along we're also gonna maybe be creating some individual feeds for uh for each of the shows uh on social media uh you can find us on facebook as well uh give the page a like a follow and uh you know make sure you give us some feedback on all the shows tell us what you like what you don't and uh what you'd like to see in the future
0: Oh, for sure, I've always um been very happy for any kind of feedback, and very often I've actually done episodes based on what people have requested, so I'm uh, very open to it if it's a band I like at all or am interested in and curious about, I will most likely do that um crap, there was something else I was going to say real quick. I know we're on Podbean now we're on Apple mm-hmm. podcast and yes. I think that's the only two official ones so far. Uh, yep, yeah, you can find it on Podbean or on uh, uh,
2: iTunes. So uh, okay, get out there and give it a some uh, yeah, Music. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's close enough. Yeah. Uh, if people are on Apple, they get it. Yeah.
1: Um, and give it, give us a listen and give us a review.
0: There you go, yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah. Um, and so, to continue my Metallica adventure, that will eventually end, and I'll do other topics. But I'm excited about it with S&M 2 about to be released uh next friday i am very excited um my next episode most likely is going to be with uh sam neely to talk about the first snm um so yeah. yeah i hope you're enjoying the metallica content if you're not we'll be back soon with some other stuff it's always me and one of my friends talking music uh anything you want to say before we go greg uh
1: no, i just uh, appreciate everybody listening. I'm always glad to gather with two of my best friends in the world to talk music, so uh, we'll have to do this again sometime.
0: Oh, for sure. This takes us back to a lot of our road trips and other uh, just random conversations we have. So um, thank you both for joining me. Uh, I think this was a very successful thing, and um, I'm excited with our list. So, guys, we'll be back down the road. I will catch you there. Yeah.